Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You've seen the videos with all the farm fresh eggs every morning, the cows and the sheep out on pasture, the ducks in the barnyard, the goats frolicking through the fields, the farm fresh milk every morning. I would love to start homesteading, but I don't know where to start. Does that sound familiar? Over the last two years, we've been doing a survey at our website, thisishomesteady.com. We've had over a thousand, actually we're getting closer to 2,000 entries on this survey. The number one problem that people said they had wasn't how to make money raising pastured pigs, it wasn't how to grow enough food to feed your family, it wasn't even how to fence to keep your goats in. The number one problem people said they had with regards homesteading was figuring out how to start. Well, we want to help. No more dreaming, no more wishing. This is the year you're going to start. Over the last year, I've been working on a course, a course that will help you start homesteading today. A little over a year ago, we moved to a brand new homestead. And knowing that this is something that a lot of you are struggling with, I've been paying special attention to what are the things that you actually have to do to get started homesteading on a new property. How do you even find that property in the first place? What's the right place to go to? What are the first animals you should bring on? I've been taking notes over the last year and change here at our new homestead, and I've put together a course that is designed to help you get started. The Start Homesteading Today course is made up of five lessons. The first lesson is called How to Start Homesteading Today. The next lesson, Your First Homestead, all about that perfect property for you to get started on. Then we're gonna talk about your first garden, your first livestock, and the fifth lesson is all about how to take that very good beginning and continue to grow your homestead without it getting too big, overwhelming you, causing you to burn out. This course is gonna walk you through the journey, the dream, turning it into a farm fresh eggs every morning for breakfast reality. So how can you take this course? Monday, January 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to begin a live webinar version of this course. 
If you're a home study pioneer, you can join us live for that webinar, see the presentation, and afterward you can ask me questions. If you're not a home study pioneer, click there to become one. It's $5 a month. Not sure you want to spend five bucks a month for some online homestead training? We're offering a free month right now. You can get a free month subscription. You can take four out of the five lessons totally for free. If you don't like it, you can cancel any time. And if you do like it, well then you can keep on going. There's a library full of in-depth homesteading information you can continue consuming. It will take you a long time to work through the entire library. We have almost 100 videos and podcasts that are extra, that are for members only. If you're a homesteady pioneer, on Monday at 5 p.m., all you have to do is click on the Homesteady Pioneers Live from the Barn Show. Head to thisishomesteady.com, go to Pioneers, and then Live from the Barn Show, and join me for the course, listen to the presentation, and then ask questions. I'm really looking forward to helping you get started homesteading. Remember, you don't have to spend a dime to take this course. Come a pioneer for free. Take four out of the five lessons, and if you don't like it, go ahead and cancel. That's totally fine, totally fair. Uh, just a good trial run if you want to become a homesteady pioneer. And I hope to see you in the course. The homestead life can seem like a dream that may never come true. I want to help you turn this year into the year you start homesteading. Now, if that sounded interesting to you, but you're looking at your calendar, you realized, oh man, you missed the first lesson. It already aired on Monday of last week. No worries, you're about to hear that lesson. Enjoy it as a podcast. It's a very good, long, deep dive into how you can get started homesteading today. If you like that first lesson, there's a link in the podcast description below for you to get that special one month free trial run of the Homesteady Pioneer membership. You can join us for the four other lessons they are not going to be aired here on the podcast. They are only going to be aired Monday nights, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, in the Home Study Live from the Barn show with the Pioneers. And if you're a Pioneer and you missed the live show, you can watch all the lessons as soon as they're done being recorded. You can stream them from the Pioneer Library if you miss us doing it live. So now enjoy the first lesson in our brand new homesteading course. And if you really like it, click on the link below, become a homesteady Pioneer for one month for free, and uh, join us for the other four lessons. Hope you enjoy it. Over the last two years, we have been doing a survey at thisishomesteady.com, our website. We wanted to know what did you want help with? What did you want to learn from our website? Uh, if we were going to bring experts in, what did you want to learn about? What were the problems you were facing? And I was really surprised by the results. When we looked at over 2,000 now entries in this survey, the number one thing that people said they were having trouble with when it came to homesteading, believe it or not, it was not keeping your goats in your fence. I would have guessed it was that one. It wasn't how to make money from your homestead. It wasn't how to grow enough food to feed your family and be self-sufficient. The number one problem that people were facing was how to get started. this dream, they're watching the videos, they're listening to the podcasts, they're getting the calendars on the wall and pictures and everything, but they just don't know where to start. We're going to help you with that tonight.
Before we talk about getting started with homesteading though, I want you to picture something that's, but scary. Okay, maybe close your eyes if you're that kind of person. I know about three fourths of you aren't gonna close your eyes, but you know, bear with me for a second here. Imagine that you've been having really bad chest pains and you're worried, you think you might be having a heart attack. Call 911 and you describe the, the situation and they say, yep, you're having chest pains. Okay, we gotta get over there. They race the ambulance over, they pick you up, they throw you in the back and they race you off to the hospital. They wheel you into the, you know, the first room where they check you out and yep, this guy's gonna have a heart attack any minute. We gotta get him into the OR. He's going in for open heart surgery. So they wheel you in and you're, you're scared, you're nervous and you're listening to what people are saying and they get you in the OR and there's the anesthesiologist. He walks in and here comes your surgeon. And you're overhearing right before they put you to sleep, the anesthesiologist and the surgeon are talking and the surgeon says, okay, uh, everything all ready to go here? And the anesthesiologist says, yep, we're ready to put him under. He's gonna be sleeping any minute. And the surgeon goes, good, okay, good, all right. All right, what do I do next? And the anesthesiologist goes, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, what do I do next? I'm ready, let's do this. And the anesthesiologist says, you're a surgeon, aren't you? You should know what to do next. And the guy standing above you holding a scalpel goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready for surgery here. I, I got my scrubs I just bought. I got this brand new, nice, sharp scalpel. I'm here in the OR. I am ready to perform open heart surgery. It's the first time I've ever done it, but I got everything I need. I watched a couple of YouTube videos. Let's do this. And that's when you actually have a heart attack. We know that having a pair of scrubs, having a sharp scalpel, standing in an OR does not mean that you are ready to perform surgery. You might look the part, maybe you watched a few YouTube videos, but that's why doctors go to school. They study for years, they get on the job training, working their way up to the point where they walk into that OR and they are ready to perform open heart surgery, something that most of us would just be like, mind blown in that situation. This guy can keep his cool and he can save your life. Now, doctors get special training, but they're not the only ones. You know, I grew up as a, a contractor, an excavator. My dad taught me for years how to run a job. If you're, a con if you're a contractor, maybe you're a carpenter or a plumber, you started maybe at a trade school or maybe some on-the-job training, then maybe you got your journeyman license. It took years to the point where you could walk into a house, figure out the problem, and fix it all on your own. If you're a teacher, you have to go to school and be trained. If you go to work at McDonald's tomorrow, they're not gonna hand you a headset and a basket to fry some fries in and say, go ahead, take some orders and fry some fries you're going to get training. We understand that pretty much any profession out there, you need experience and you need skills before you get started. But for some reason, and I'm totally guilty of this myself when we got started homesteading, uh, we think about homesteading as a simpler way of life, back to basics, living that country life, that good life that our grandparents lived and their grandparents before them. And we think that we could just sell everything and move out into the country, live off the land. Even though, if you're like me, you don't have the first clue of what would be involved. That's the way I was when we got started. I had no experience, no training, nothing. It just seemed like something that we should know how to do. 
And I think that's because it is something that our grandparents knew how to do and their grandparents. And deep inside all of us, or at least most of us, there's that, that call to go back to the land, which is why so many of us dream about this lifestyle. But there's a big difference between dreaming about this lifestyle and actually raising animals, having livestock, putting food in the freezer. It's no different than any other skilled profession. Homesteading, farming, it takes experience, it takes skills and before you go out and buy 10 acres and buy a bunch of animals and throw a bunch of plants in the ground it would be better like that surgeon or that plumber if you had some skills first and some experience to get started and maybe you're saying to yourself that sounds great Oz, but how do i get experience how do i get skills if i don't have animals if i don't have livestock if i don't have a homestead well you can do what the surgeon does, what Joe the plumber does, or what Joe, uh, who we're going to talk about here, Joe was an individual who had never raised chickens before. He had no previous experience. He had never butchered a chicken before. He had zero farm life experience, but him and his wife wanted to get more and more into homesteading. And so Joe came to one of our courses. Back when we were in Connecticut, we used to teach how to butcher chickens. And we showed everybody how we set up our chickens, our chicken coops. We let them actually take a live chicken and turn that live chicken into that beautiful processed chicken that he's holding up proud there. Joe got to see all those steps before he got chickens. Then he got the chickens. Then he was able to not only have chickens, butcher his own chickens, and feed his family from his land. He was able to get started and keep going. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, this process of gaining experience and gaining skills and why it's a good thing if we haven't, if you're watching and you haven't started homesteading yet, but you want to, why it's a good thing uh, to focus on skills and experience first. Because there are, what I have found, generally five barriers to entry into homesteading. There's five things that hold people back. These five things, uh, we've been doing this show for over five years. I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of comments on YouTube. The five barriers to entry. First, analysis paralysis. Oh, man, I totally want to homestead, but should I homestead in this state or should I move states? Which is the best out of 50 states to start a homestead? If I get a homestead in that state, will they let me have this animal? And if I have this animal, can I sell this product in that state? Well, maybe I don't want to sell that product. Maybe I want to sell this product. I could do eggs. I like eggs, but you don't make a lot of money offset off of eggs. And Count Mike gave it a thumbs down. So maybe I should do milk, but milk has a lot of red tape and legal issues, and this state doesn't even... You start working yourself in a circle, and you haven't done anything. Analysis paralysis. Gaining experience and skills will help you get over that first barrier uh, because it's a lot harder to decide if you should buy a cow than it is to decide if you should go and take a field trip to a cow farm. That's an easy decision. The next barrier that I see all the time, money. So whether it's you're in debt, whether it's you can't afford to get a homestead and right now you can't do anything where you're at, whether it's you're at the homestead now but maybe you can't afford to buy your first animals, money is always an issue to growing your homestead. But the good thing about focusing on skills and experience first is that a lot of things you can do uh, like getting a book out of the library and reading it, you know, Stories Guide to Raising Goats, out of the library, that's free. So that won't cost you a penny. Another barrier that you can get over. 
Another barrier we hear all the time, health. Maybe you're dealing with some specific sickness. Lyme disease. I had Lyme disease before. I know how hard that is. I get emails a lot about that. I would love to homestead, but I'm dealing with Lyme disease right now. Or uh, another one, uh, maybe it's issues with your weight and you're trying to get in better shape so you can handle homesteading. Maybe you're getting older and your body doesn't feel as good anymore. Uh, So there's a lot of barriers to homesteading with health. Maybe you don't know what's wrong with you. You just don't feel very good every morning and you don't think you get out there and take care of chickens every day. Well, if you're sick in bed, you can still read that story's guide to raising goats. Learning some experience, getting some knowledge. It's a good thing when you're sick in bed, when you can't do those other things. Another barrier we can get over. How about this one? This was me at one time. Believe it or not, uh, you're the you're dealing with a mate, husband, wife, significant other who doesn't want to homestead. You are like all in. You are ready to buy the goats. You got the phone number typed in your your phone, ready to hit. Hi, I, I want goats right now. But your significant other is like, nope, I do not want those weird, noisy animals yelling at me as I walk by. I think it's gross to drink milk out of one of those things. That's just weird. So, okay, it's hard to convince your significant other to buy goats. Kay knows that all too well. But it's not that hard to convince your significant other to go take a field trip to see some goats, to maybe put your hands on some goats and learn how to milk a goat. So again, overcoming that, that first barrier of entry And then finally, one we see a real lot is uh, finding the right place. People saying, I have been looking for land. I can't find the right land. I can't afford the right land. So, So trying to find the right place where I am right now is not correct. Well, as you're waiting to get to the right place, as you're waiting to be able to overcome that barrier, again, you can take some time to learn some skills like, for example, carpentry. We're going to talk about that tonight, one of the skills that you could work on learning, getting some experience points before you're actually in the position where you got a barn that's falling down and you need to fix it. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about how you can gain experience and skills that can help you to start today your homestead journey that will lead you to one day having the place that you dream of, having the animals that you wanted, And uh, we're going to talk about how you can get the most out of this time. If you haven't yet bought your homestead, or maybe you're new on the homestead and you haven't started with the animals, whatever spot you're in, if it's towards the beginning of this homesteading life, even if you've already got a couple chickens, you're going to get a lot of tonight because you can still take these steps of acquiring skills before you get the next thing. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. This is the first lesson in a five-part series that we're going to have from our website, thisishomesteady.com. This first lesson is being shown on YouTube for free today, so all of you can benefit from this. The next four lessons will not be a live stream on YouTube. They will be from the Homesteady Live from the Barn with the Pioneers show. We do this every Monday night at this time. The Pioneers are in the Homesteady Live from the Barn site right now. They have their own chat box where we can talk. I can answer their questions. And the rest of the lessons will be there. So if you want to, we have a one-month free option right now. Click in the link below. You can be a Pioneer for a month. You can take this whole course. And then you can. it's okay. If you don't like being a Pioneer, you can cancel. That's totally fine. Uh, it's a free trial to see if you like it. You'll get this course. If you like this course, there are tons more courses like this. 
videos like this. We're even going to see a couple highlights tonight. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Uh, so go ahead and take care of that. Uh, I'm going to dive right in, though, because I really want to focus tonight on helping you start homesteading today. That is our goal. At the end of this, you're going to have a plan. You're going to have some action that you can take to get this big train rolling. When people think of the word homesteader, if you read the Little House on the Prairie series like we are to our kids, maybe you have this image in your head of what a homesteader is or was. And it's that old-timey homesteader. He's got, you know, maybe the big hat and uh, he's wearing the overalls and they are worn out from life in the field and he's got his land. Uh, That old-timey homesteader, it comes from the late 1800s. The government, the United States government, wanted people to move out west to inhabit it so they could control it. And so they said, if you will go out west and you will live on 160 acres and you will actually not just live there, but live off the land, survive, thrive there, we'll give you that 160 acres for a filing fee. So they did have to pay something. And that will be your land. And that appealed to a lot of people who had the skills or the background. Maybe they were a farmhand their whole life. Now they could have this land for a small filing fee. It was hard work. And there are stories of these homesteaders burning their houses in the east, setting fire to them, watching the house burn. When the house was done burning, they'd go, they'd sweep up the nails, keep the nails in a jar, throw that on the wagon, take that Oregon Trail out west. Always loved that game, Oregon Trail. I was playing that with my kids last last week. We were teaching them how to play Oregon Trail, the old computer game. So they would head out west with that little thing of nails. They literally burned their house down. They had nowhere to come back to. They were all in. And they would go out west and they would try to make a living off the land. And this was an all or nothing shot. You were either gonna get 160 acres if you could survive and thrive on that land, or you could die in a winter cold and alone, or if you could make it out having failed, you work your way back east penniless with nothing. So that's why they burned that house. It was like no looking back, and off they would go, all or nothing. Some of us approach modern homesteading that way, like I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to sell everything, and I'm going to move to the country and start a new life. Here's the thing. You, me, we're not that old-timey homesteader. If you're like me, And I know a lot of you did grow up on a farm and you probably have more experience like my wife. But if you're like me, you don't have that experience. You don't have those skills yet. When you're getting to this lifestyle, everything is new. And if you were to set off heading heading out west to start that that homestead like that old-timey homesteader and you burned your house down so you couldn't turn back, you'd probably find yourself, uh, what happened in Oregon Trail, dying of... uh, uh, hypothermia, snake bites, what was the sickness you always got? Dysentery. It's much better for those, if you're like me, if you identify with this grown up, not having any of this kind of past, I feel 
over the last 10 years of doing this, it's much better for people like us to slowly get our feet wet. And uh, the example I can give you, we got four cows out there. You see Kay go out there and milk those cows. But even Kay had no experience with cows in the past. She did grow up on the farm and she was used to farm animals. But she didn't have the experience with a cow, with a large livestock. So before we got the cow, here's a picture of me and my family going on a cow field trip. We were slowly getting our feet wet. We went on the field trip. Uh, we got to see cows. We got to see how they were milked. We went to the Family Cow Forum that was held back in Connecticut. We learned from a lot of different people what it was like to have a cow. Then we went and saw a cow milked, and we saw the raw milk. We started buying raw milk and drinking raw milk. What if you go and buy yourself a, a A2A2 jersey and you find out raw milk gives you a stomachache and you don't like the taste, right? So we slowly got our feet wet. We got into this lifestyle little by little to the point where we knew as pretty well as you can before you actually make the jump, yeah, I think this is going to work for us. I think we're going to like this. Now, Kay was further along in that than I was. I was the mate who was like, no, I don't know about this. Uh, but it helped us get to that point where we were ready to actually have the cow show up, and it has been very successful. Cows have been one of the most successful endeavors that we've had here on this, on, on any of our homesteads and the different ones that we've been on. How can we do this? How can we slowly get our feet wet into this homesteading world, whether it's cows, whether it's gardens and orchards or, you know, building barns, whatever it is. We're going to talk about tonight six different skills that you can slowly get your feet wet while you do not yet have a homestead or if you're new to the homestead life, six different things that you can do uh, to get ready for it and better. And really, you'll be getting started homesteading as you do this. These are not the only skills that you're going to need as a homesteader, but these are a group that I thought was a good, if you had these six, if you had a little bit of skill in all of them, and maybe you were really good at a couple of them, you could take on almost any homestead situation. You could be the old-timey homesteader and head out west if you had all these skills. So in no particular order, the skills we're going to go over tonight, we're going to talk about food preservation. That's a big one, and it's more than just canning. We're going to talk about gardening. Also, a big one, more than just veggies and tomatoes. We're talking trees. We're talking perennials. Butchery. Maybe not for everybody. It's okay. We're not going to show any videos, you know, where we're killing an animal tonight. But butchery would be a very good thing to know for most of you getting into the homestead life. Animal husbandry. The animals that you're going to have on your farm, you got to know how to work with them. You got to know how to care for them. How do you learn that before you even have animals? We're talk about that. Carpentry. Oh, man. And other construction skills. Homesteading is so much little bit of carpentry, little bit of plumbing, little bit of electrical. If you had a little bit of all those skills, you'd be in a really good place to start homesteading. And finally, this one, I didn't even know what to call it. I called it bushcraft. Not really those guys that you see on Instagram, hashtag bushcraft where you know they're like living out in the woods, more the things that they do. So the hunting, the fishing, and the foraging. Those are all things that can supplement your homestead life, and we'll talk about how. We're going to talk first about food preservation. Maybe this site uh, brings a smile to your face. It does to mine. A bunch of ball jars full of something delicious. Maybe it's salsa. Maybe it's jams and jellies. Maybe it makes you think of a family member who would do this. Maybe you already are good at canning yourself. But food preservation, 
It's so much more than just canning. That's the thing I thought of right away. Okay, canning, yeah. Uh, but in addition to canning things, there's dehydrating, there's smoking, there's curing, freezing, uh, salting, which I know is a form of curing, but just specifically using just salt. Uh, you can learn how to use a vacuum sealer, learning how to use a dehydrator, the different pieces of equipment, how to build a smoker versus using one of those little pellet smokers. You could spend the next 10 years of your life just focused on food preservation. It's something actually that they teach in uh, culinary schools. We'll teach all whole classes just about food safety and food preservation. So maybe you're thinking to yourself, I would love to learn how to can, but Austin, I don't have a garden. I don't have any vegetables to preserve. How can I do this before if I haven't started homesteading? So this is going to be a common trend tonight. We're going to talk about how important it is to get to know your local farmer's market. And if you don't have one really close, find the closest one or two, go check them out, and just make a day of it regularly throughout the year. You're going to make a day of going to the farmer's market. This is something we do. We look forward to it. Every month we go a couple times to the big farmer's market near us. Find your local farmer's market because you're going to get a lot of good resources, more than just food, from your farmer's market. So go to the farmer's market and start looking around at your selection. Some are very small, some are a lot bigger. You look around the farmer's market and you say, okay, what do we have for options here? Uh, you find somebody who's got really nice looking vegetables, go and buy some veggies from them, chit chat a little bit, ask them about their farm, ask them about their practices. People at the farmer's market usually like to talk about why they farm a specific way. Not everybody does, not every farmer is extremely extroverted, a lot of them are the opposite. Uh, but if you can strike a chord with them, ask them about why they raise this particular vegetable. Uh, why do they like to package their stuff this way? Try to find something that gets them fired up. Strike off a little rapport. Remember their name. Go back next week. Buy from them again. You're trying to become friendly, and a great way to become friendly with someone at the farmer's market is to buy stuff from them. Don't be a cheapskate. Don't buy three beans and then talk to them for 20 minutes. Buy a nice selection of fruits, veggies, Ask them a couple questions and then keep keep moving because they do have to talk to other people. But if you do this for a couple weeks, you'll become that farmer's friend. You'll be get you'll become a regular customer of theirs. Maybe find out if they sell from the farm. Find out if they have a CSA. Support them in whatever ways you can. The ones that you strike up a rapport with. Then you start asking them, Hey, uh, I would really like to do some canning this year. Do you think when you when it's tomato season, you could save a big box of bulk tomatoes for me? Maybe if I, you know, let me know if I buy this many pounds, could you do a discount? Oftentimes, I know the cases with, with our farm, we were always happy to give a bulk discount. If you were going to buy a thing of bacon, it was very expensive. But if you came to me and said, I want a whole pig, you got an awesome price on that whole pig. Farmers don't want to see their stuff spoil. I know one of the guys that I used to, we used to buy a CSA basket from every week. He would give us a second basket for free because we would show up late in the day. We knew, okay, let's show up late in the day. Whoever hadn't picked up their basket, he did not want to see it go bad. So he'd say, hey, you got kids, take the second basket. They don't want to see their food spoil. So if you offer them, hey, I'll buy a bunch, could you give me a bulk discount? A lot of people are going to jump at that. Now, if they sell out, maybe they're going to say no. The worst thing they can say is no. And if you already have struck up a rapport with them, they're more likely to say, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to get you a big bulk discount. So now you get a bunch of tomatoes, whatever you're going to put in your salsa, buy a couple peppers. Uh, let's say you want to go a different route. You want to make jams and jellies. 
Find the fruit guy, same thing. Buy a bunch of fruit from this guy, buy his pies, whatever else is there. And then, hey, you know, when blueberry season comes in, I like to make some blueberry jam. Could you save me some bulk blueberries? The best thing about the farmer's market is you're getting the most ripe, picked for freshness ingredients, the best quality, good flavor, good taste, uh, pretty much everything you'd want in a vegetable. You're going to find it at the farmer's market and you're going to be able to work with them. If you ask the checkout clerk at the supermarket, can I get a bulk discount on tomatoes? They're going to go beep, beep, no sir, beep. But if you talk to the person at the farmer's market, you could probably get more for less. Now you have enough where you can go home and you can start canning. And the beautiful thing about learning to can when it's from the farmer's market and not from your own garden that you grew for the first time, is there's no rush. Let's say you look ahead at your week and you say, you know what, I have three weekends that are crazy busy, but the last weekend of the month, I could spend the whole weekend learning to can. Then you go and you get your stuff that weekend. A homestead doesn't wait for you to have a good weekend. If you have a big crop of tomatoes and they're all ready and you're busy that weekend, they're going to go bad. They're going to rot. But the farmer's market, you can have it match your schedule. So when you're first learning, you're first getting to know this, you can block off one weekend. You can tell the person at the farmer's market, this weekend I'm going to want bulk. Can you have that ready for me? Yep, great. You pick it up Saturday morning. You got all Saturday and all Sunday to make your salsa your happy camper. This is a great way to learn to do regular canning. Again, you could apply the same principles to meat and learn to do some curing, learn to do some salting, learn how to use the vacuum sealer, whatever it is. Same principle, just replace you know tomatoes with pork, whatever you want to do. If this sounds exciting to you, you think, oh man, this is great, then pounce. Start thinking this weekend, okay, I got to find out now it's winter time for most of us watching. So probably not going to be a lot fresh stuff right now, but start learning. Where's my farmer's markets? Where are my local farms? How do they sell? How can I go and buy from them? Do some have their own storefront? Maybe I go now. Winter's a bad time. Great time to go to this, a local farm storefront if it's open and chit chat with the farmer because no one's going to be there and they're not going to be doing as much this time of year. So that's how you can get started today doing this. Don't forget, when we're talking food preservation, if you can't find local farms, there might be some you-pick options, orchards that let people come in and have the fun of picking the fruit, putting it in the basket. Some of them are more expensive to do the you-pick, but some of them, if you find them at the right time of year, maybe uh, early season, you can get really good bulk discounts at you-picks if you find them at the right time in the right place. So look for those ones who are really encouraging a lot of heavy picking. We'll go with all the kids, each one of the kids has a bucket. We tell them just pick as much as you can, guys. A lot of the U-Picks don't mind if you pick and eat while you're, while you're going. You can have a nice time with the family and get a lot of fresh stuff. One of the other benefits you can get while you're doing the U-Pick is you can learn about the fruits, the veggies, uh, what you actually like. You can go and try 15 different apple varieties at a U-Pick. Take notes. Remember, when I have my homestead, I don't like Jonah Gold's. I do like Gala's. Keep notes of that. Remember that. This was good in a pie. This wasn't. Because you're all, all this experience is just building up towards a future where you have this on your homestead. Unless you decide you love you pick so much that you don't want to plant any trees on your homestead, you'll just go support your local you pick farms. That's definitely been a strategy of ours over the last few years. We have filled a lot of holes on our homestead. 
with local U-Pick farms, supporting local farmers. It's kind of a win-win for everybody. The kids get to have fun picking the fruit, you get to have delicious food, and you're supporting your local farmers. So that's a great way to do that. Now, for those of you who are pioneers, there is a master class in the Pioneer Library all about food preservation taught by a culinary instructor, my good friend Trish from Honey Pie's Recipes. So if you are a homesteady pioneer, your homework for this week, you can go and check out that master class. Remember, you can become one for free for the whole month. There's a link right below. Become a pioneer for free. Watch that master class. And again, if you don't like being a pioneer, go ahead and cancel. That's totally okay. The whole idea of this is so you can see what's there. And if you like it, you can keep being a pioneer. And if not, no hard feelings. That's food preservation. We have all this delicious, yummy stuff. And uh, we start thinking, man, I would really like to have my own garden. Someday at my homestead, I will have my own garden. For those of you who aren't yet started homesteading, you think, oh, man, I'm going to get all these delicious fruits and vegetables, and now I'm going to have ideas, and I'm just going to want to start planting. We'll start. Maybe you're thinking, I live in an apartment. I have nowhere that I can garden. Can you start a garden without your homestead? Absolutely. First, scale it down. Our first garden back in Connecticut was huge, and it was a big, huge failure. We talk about this a lot. It was too big to manage. We didn't know what we were doing, and we got nothing from that giant garden. The following year, we went from a quarter acre of this giant monstrosity of weeds. We put the pigs in it and let them just eat the weeds, and we did three little raised beds. They were two feet wide by I think six feet long, very small little raised beds. And from those little tiny raised beds, we got so much more produce than that giant garden out back. And it, because we were new and we didn't know what we were doing, the smallness of the raised bed was easier to manage. We didn't get overwhelmed. I could come home from work, sit down in a chair. This was back when I was still doing construction. I could have a cold beer and one hand and I could weed my raised bed while sitting in a chair. And that garden actually got cared for and we got produce back. So if you don't have any dirt in your backyard, but maybe you're at a place where you have a porch, can you put a raised bed on the porch, even just one? You will learn so much more about caring for plants with one little raised bed than you will reading books or putting a quarter acre garden out and trying that your first year. One little raised bed can do so much can't do a raised bed, you're in an apartment on a third story, can you put a planter on your balcony and grow some herbs? Just have delicious herbs to add to every meal. Grow your basil, your rosemary, your thyme. Every meal, sprinkle that on. You'll just get invigorated. You'll think, man, someday it's not going to be just the herbs, it's going to be the herbs and the steak and the salad that I grew. But right now I'm excited because, man, that basil's better than any basil I ever bought at the supermarket. Is it really? Would it pass the scientific blind, double blind test that it's better tasting? I don't know. Try it out. But to you, it's going to taste better because you know what went into that. And you can even take this a step beyond. It's amazing the kind of things you can grow when you get a little creative. We were People would tell you you can't grow squash out of a raised bed. We grew squash out of a raised bed. And this last year, my son grew one Hubbard squash out of a raised bed and was able to turn that into a homemade pumpkin pie. How awesome, how old-timey homesteader are you gonna feel when you make a homemade pumpkin pie from one little squash that grew out of your raised bed? You're gonna feel awesome. 
Now you can get creative with this too, in addition to using the sun. If this is your style, if it sounds like something that interests you, look into hydroponics or aquaponics. You can grow now indoors, you can grow anything with hydroponics and aquaponics. Doesn't mean you should. There's some things that are better you know, suited to these. And quite honestly, they're not for everybody. We got into it, we tried it a little bit. We decided, you know what, what we like about gardening is being outside, being in the dirt. So for us, we're not gonna do hydroponics or aquaponics. But if you don't have that option and you just wanna learn how to grow some plants, get yourself a little hydroponic setup, a Fairfield County hydroponics. We interviewed Jonathan a couple years ago and he showed us his setup with hydroponics and with aquaponics. Both of these setups were indoors. Uh, one of them that you see there is a lemon tree growing out of a five gallon bucket. Anybody can fit a five gallon bucket in their place growing a lemon tree. And with the right lights and the right temperature, you could actually get some lemons from it. So this is just a good example of if you really want to get started, but you don't have the land yet, and you, you think I can't, well, you can. There are ways to learn. And remember, you're gonna be learning so much more from hands-on, even on a little herb garden, than you will just reading a book or watching somebody else do it on YouTube. Those are great, you can learn a lot for those. Don't stop watching YouTube. But get some time doing hands-on stuff. Get started. Tomorrow, you could start with a grow light and a little herb kit. You could actually start growing something tomorrow. Eventually, that day is going to come. You're going to get to where you can actually grow some plants on a homestead. And you're going to be so much better off having the experience already, what you've already learned, than you would be if you just waited till you got to that homestead. If you can't get started, if anything at your place will not work, don't give up. Look into community gardens. There might be a community garden local somewhere that you can go and get a plot at. And if there's no community gardens, look for somebody around who you see out in their garden. I think about my grandma. She'd be out in her garden every day out working in the garden. And her husband, Huey, he'd be out in the garden every day. He loved it. Uh, he would be out, you drive by and they'd be out working in the garden. And if you had pulled over, if you were a young person looking to get into this or any age, just looking to get started, you said, oh, tell me about your garden. What are you growing? They'd put you to work. You'd be out there doing, you know, pruning something, picking something, planting something. Find somebody who loves to garden. Maybe they're getting up in years and they have years, decades of knowledge, but it's getting hard for them to carry the compost bags and offer to help. Say, you know what, I'd love to help you in the garden. I don't know anything about it, but I want to learn. I can help you, you know, plant some stuff. I can carry the heavy bags. Just teach me because you'll learn so much from that, that hands-on experience. And I guarantee you, if you go and help somebody with their garden and they're teaching you and you're there every week helping in the garden, you're going to be coming home with food. They're not going to just teach you and say, get lost. Gardeners who are good, they always have extra food. They're always giving it to people that they like, friends. And uh, if you're there helping in the garden, you're going to be coming home with produce. Let's move on from gardening. This is one of my favorites. We just did a podcast, an interview about uh, butchering not too long ago. Uh, and a lot of you, if you watch that episode, you know this is one that I really am passionate about. I really like uh, being able to take an animal and turn it into a beautiful meat for my family. Now, 
I am guilty of this mistake myself, and a lot of homesteaders I see make this mistake. Uh, they think, all right, I want to have meat chickens. So they order 50 meat chickens, and then they go out, and the week of, okay, these chickens are looking real big. Let me call my local butcher and say, hey, I'm going to drop off some meat chickens. Hey, butcher, I wanted to bring down some meat chickens. Oh, you don't butcher chickens? It's illegal to butcher chickens for custom in this state. Oh, okay. Or you don't have time to butcher. I got to book two months ahead. Or I can't find a butcher who does chickens around me. I got to drive six hours to get them to a butcher. Now I got 50 meat birds and I have to butcher them myself and I don't know what I'm doing. I've been there. <laughs> I've been... I need the butcher to do this. He can't do it. I got to figure out how to do this. I had that happen with a couple roaster pigs back when we first started doing pigs. They were small, thankfully, because I could have never done it with a big pig. I had to figure out how to butcher a little pig without any help. You don't want to be there. So much better to learn how to butcher first before you even get those chickens. Take a class. We interviewed Jamie Waldron, uh, Jay Waldron Butchers, and he does classes. He travels all through Canada teaching people how to butcher pigs and how to butcher chickens. Now, if you don't live in Canada, see if some farm near you does on-farm classes. Back at Squash Hollow, we used to teach people how to take a live chicken. We used to every spring do two classes. A bunch of people come onto the farm. They would take a live chicken and they would turn it into the almost perfect looking self-butchered chicken. And uh, they would learn how to butcher the live bird. Then they'd see how to break it down. If you're a little scared to start with live animals, maybe you want to just learn how to break down a carcass, you can buy a whole chicken from the supermarket and learn how to break it down. Watch a YouTube video. You can take a pig primal. Go and buy pig primals. That's that's the larger cuts. Get a whole rack and, and do some chops and maybe do some boneless. Learn that skill. You can't get a homestead. You don't have any livestock. Learn the skill of butchery. All you need is... Jamie showed us in that interview, uh, that's in the Pioneer Library. Jamie held up two knives and a saw, and he said, this is all you need to butcher an entire pig. So all of us could learn the skill of butchering. In addition to learning how to cut up the animal, you'll get some better knife skills. Maybe you'll learn how to sharpen your knives. Uh, you're going to learn how to use more of the animal. When you're a homesteader and you get your pig back from the butcher, even if you wind up just using a butcher, you're going to get all kinds of stuff back. You're going to get uh, fat back and you're going to get leaf lard you're going to get the pig's head and the pig's cheeks and ears and the tail and that can be overwhelming the first time the first time we ever got a whole pig back we were like what do you do with all this stuff learn before you get the pigs can't get your homestead right now go out and buy i can tell you there's going to be farms out there you can get some real cheap pig cheeks and they're great eating pig jowls that's one of my favorite cuts on the pig and a lot of people don't want them because they are unfamiliar. So get yourself used to cutting up, you know, learning how to cut the animals. Get started on that now. And when you find yourself on your homestead, you won't even call the butcher to butcher your chickens because you're going to know how to do it. Maybe if you're like me and you enjoy it, you're going to say, you know what? Like I am this year, I'm going to butcher my own pigs. I like butchering. I've been doing this animal and this animal and this animal. I'm going to do a full-size pig this year. I've never done that. I've been there. I've seen it done. But I myself have never butchered a full-size pig. Stay tuned. It's coming. And that's how these little steps work. You just get into them more and more, get your feet wet, and then get deeper and deeper in. 
remember, we're not the old-timey homesteader. We don't have to burn the bridge behind us and get better and better each time. One area that this is really important, getting your feet wet and descending in slowly, is animal husbandry. Some people are animal people. Some people just got it. I am not one of those people. I did not grow up around livestock. I am always nervous around new livestock. I take a long time to get comfortable. Our cows, it took me a long time to get really comfortable with those cows. Even if you are a natural with animals, even if you do feel comfortable with them, like someone like Kay, who's just a natural, she really enjoys it, you still will benefit from slowly getting your feet wet in the world of animal husbandry. It's really hard to work around animals if you're nervous. A lot of people will tell you that animals can sense what you're feeling. If you're tense, if you're nervous, they feel that. If you lack confidence, they will make up for that. Somebody has to be top dog or boss cow or highest hen on the roost. They're going to figure out that you're not confident, you're not ready for this, and they need to step in and be the boss. And you don't want that happening when you're working with your animals. You also don't want to come in there like, I'm the boss, and start slamming on your animals and yelling and riling everybody up. Animal husbandry is a beautiful balance. How do you learn that if you never get to be around animals? How can you get more comfortable and better at animal husbandry if you don't have a homestead yet, if you don't have any animals? Well, here is where we go back to the farmer's market. Go back to the farmer's market. This is what I did back when we didn't have our own pigs. I found a farmer who was selling pastured pork, you know, a big sign, pastured pork, and he had uh, this kind of pig and that kind of pig. And I just started chit-chatting. And I went up, talked to him a little bit, and I bought from him, and I didn't buy cheap. I didn't go and say, oh, well, pastured pork is really expensive. Uh, I'll get a, a couple hot dogs. I got really good cuts. I got bacon, which they charge an arm and a leg for. Don't I know it? I got the good stuff because I didn't want this guy to get the vibe for me like, oh, this guy's a cheapskate just looking for tips. I want him to feel like, oh, no, I'm supporting you because I was. I wanted to support this guy. I hadn't got my own pigs yet, and I wanted to buy them from somebody who I felt good about. This guy seemed like a good guy. So I bought from him, bought good quality stuff, and started chit-chatting. And every week we go back to that farmer's market, I'd find him, hey, and I'd find him when he wasn't busy. You know, you don't want to take up too much time because they are running a business. But you chit-chat and you ask questions. Eh, what about this and what about that? And before you know it, he's looking for you. I remember I walked up one day and said, hey, I was just telling my wife about you guys. I had told him from the beginning we were thinking about getting pigs. You know, I wasn't trying to, like, become a competitor of his. I just wanted to learn from him and support his business until I had my own. So do that. If you're getting into pigs, find a pig guy at the farmer's market. Become a good customer. Chit-chat. And then take it to the next level. Offer, hey, if you ever need any help, let me know. Uh, you know, if you ever need any help loading up pigs or moving pigs or, or whatever, I don't even know what you might need help with because I don't have pigs, but I'd love to get some more hands-on experience with them. Uh, you don't need to pay me nothing. I just want to learn more about it if you ever need a you know set of arms. Here's the thing. People will pay a lot of money to go to college. You can get this education for free, but you got to be good. Farmers don't want people coming on their farm who are going to be a liability. If you're not in good shape, 
uh, you know, if you got it and you're there and you're not really pulling your weight, they're not going to be getting what they want from you. So you got to show up. You got to be ready to work. You got to be ready to put in some hard work and show like, hey, you're investing in them. Then they'll invest back in you and you'll learn. And the other thing is you got to be ready to do stuff that maybe you'd find gross or maybe scary. My example of this, we were getting into pigs and one of the farmers I had struck up a lot of conversation with, we talked with him and chatted with him. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Uh, I was asking about cutting pigs. You know, you take your, your all your male pigs and you cut the testicles when they're young because if you don't, it can cause bortate. Not everybody tastes it. We're not talking about bortate tonight. Uh, but this is a thing you have to do if you're going to raise pigs for meat and especially if you're going to make a business out of it and sell those pigs. So I said to him, hey, uh, I'd love to learn how to do that because someday I'm going to need to do that and I'd rather see a pro do it. So he said, well, if you're willing to help grab the pigs, they were getting really big. He said, come on over and I'll show you how to do it. So here's me heading off to my first pig cutting. And uh, it was dirty and loud and the pigs were squealing and screaming and it was not fun. And it was for a first timer, this is a little gross. You take the scalpel and you're cutting that pig open and you're pulling out the testicles and chopping them off. It's quite an experience, but Better to be there with an old pro learning from him than watching a YouTube video with the scalpel on the other hand saying, okay, I got to do what now and trying to figure it out on your own. So be willing to help out, be willing to work hard, and don't be afraid to do the dirty, hard, scary stuff. If you can't find a local farmer who will help you, go offer your services to a large animal vet. A lot of times they're looking for volunteers who want to help out. Say, hey, I love animals. I want to get better with working with animals. A large animal vet, you're going to spend time learning, you know, seeing about cows and sheep and goats and that sort of thing. And for all you know, all this volunteer work might turn into a little part-time job. How much better than paying for college than to get paid even a little bit, even minimum wage, to be learning, to getting the knowledge that these farmers have that unless you're working there next to them, they don't have time to tell you. They don't have time to give you. So... Take that opportunity. That's a great way to get better with animals, learn how to work around large animals. That day I went and cut pigs, I learned a whole lot more about how to work around large sows and large boars. He had four and 500 pound Tamworth sows there and, and boars with tusks. And I learned so much that day about safety around these animals that I would have never known even to ask or I wouldn't have had a clue about. So you'll get a ton of good information if you're willing to put in the hard time. One more area that putting in hard time, uh, being willing to help out can help you out, carpentry and trades. This is a skill that when you get to your first homestead, unless you, you inherited a big amount of money or maybe you worked hard for your big amount of money and and you can show up and you can just plop it down and buy a perfectly done homestead with perfect fencing and a perfect barn 
And even then, you wait a couple of years, and that thing's going to have leaks and some busted fencing. You're going to need to know a little bit of carpentry. If you got a tractor, you're going to want to be familiar at least a little bit with motors and engines. Uh, there's running water. Look at our videos, the big project we just did recently. We were working with heavy equipment. We were running water lines. Got to know a little bit about plumbing and water lines. You don't need to know a lot. I don't want to intimidate anybody because when it comes to the trades, I have very little knowledge of carpentry. I have very little knowledge uh, about motors. When it comes to plumbing, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about that. My expertise in, in the construction world was always machine operation and digging in the ground. And that you do some of that with homesteading, but a lot more of it is construction and carpentry. YouTube is great for it and gets you out of a jam, but if you don't know how to use a hammer and a skill saw, YouTube, it's going to be hard. So here's another area. If you find somebody, you're driving through town and you see a builder and it's just a single man operation. He's putting in a house and you see him outside and he's working on a deck or something. Pull over. He's busy. Get right to the point. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I just wanted to let you know if you ever need a second pair of hands, I'm looking to learn a little bit about carpentry. I'm a hard worker. I don't know much, but I can you know, work hard and I'd be willing to help you for free if I could just learn a little bit about how carpentry works. You know, I'm, In the future, I'm going to be looking to start a farm and I'm going to want to be able to repair the barn if I need to. And unfortunately, I don't have any of that uh, knowledge. That, that offer, maybe the guy says no. Maybe he says, no, get lost. I don't need anybody. I don't need this, anybody to slow me down. But if you ask enough guys, maybe you'll find someone who's willing to take you on. Again, maybe even find a little part-time work. <laughs> maybe you, you, you get paid grunt money, but you're getting paid to learn as opposed to paying for college where you're paying them to learn. When you start to get a couple skills, you can apply these. You know, when you start homesteading, you're going to be building chicken coops. You're going to be building chicken tractors. You're going to be building milk stanchions. In the picture here, me and my son were working on our first goat milking stanchion. That was years ago. We've already made a couple of these since then. Uh, cow milking stanchions. So if you have an idea what you're going to be doing, raised beds, you know, in your homestead in the future, you think, I really am going to want to milk animals. I want to do that. I want to have milk goats. Well, start building milking stanchions. Build two or three of them. You're like, Austin, oh, what am I going to do? I'm in an apartment. What am I going to do with three milk stanchions? You're going to sell them. Because trust me, there are homesteaders out there who went and got the animals before they got the skills and, like me, are like, oh, no, that thing's in milk and my wife doesn't have a milking stanchion. That was me. And I had to make a milking stanchion because my wife was out there with the animal running away from her. She's trying to milk and the animal's running and kicking the bucket. And she's like, that's it. I can't do this. Don't be like what where I was like then building the milk stanchions. Build a couple and put them up on Craigslist. Get a couple hundred bucks for each milk stanchion or, you know, a hundred bucks, whatever people are selling them for. Figure out, all right, it cost me a hundred bucks to make and it cost me half a day. I can sell them for 200 bucks. Just start making them. Sell a couple of them. Try building a chicken coop. You don't have chickens yet? Sell it. Locally, where we are in Pennsylvania, a nice chicken coop, you can sell a nice chicken coop for $1,000. That's not bad money for learning how to build a chicken coop, learning what you like and what you don't like about the chicken coop, and maybe get a little fancy. Build yourself a chicken coop, put a solar panel on it with the automatic door, no one else around you is going to be selling chicken coops 
with solar panel automatic doors. You could charge 2000 bucks for that. Somebody who's super inspired by you know something they saw on HGTV about having chickens is going to be willing to pay you 2000 bucks to get that nice new chicken coop delivered to their place. And now you got $2,000 more to put to your homestead dream. And you also have the experience of building a chicken coop and knowing, you know what? That automatic door, not worth it. Or, you know what? That automatic door, totally worth it. I really like that. But I don't like access to the eggs in the back of the hutch. I want to do a side access. You'll learn what you like and what you don't like. You'll sell those ones, make a little bit extra money, learn the skills, be able to get started in this world. And when you sell these things, you might wind up talking to people who you in the future network with, you're buying from. You sell a couple goat milking stanchions, talk to them about their goats. What kind of goats do they have? What are they raising them for? How much do you want for kids? You know what? In about two years, I'm going to be looking for goats. How long have you been in the business? 20 years? You'll be around in two more years. Uh, let me get your phone number because I'll be looking for kids in the spring two years from now when I start my homestead. So great way to get some skills. Great to have a mentor doing this. My dad, as you've seen so much on our channel, my dad has been a mentor uh, to me in all the construction world. My dad used to build homes from the ground up. Uh, he can do just about everything you need to do. I, was, I am very blessed to have uh, a dad who can teach me pretty much anything in the construction world and is good at teaching, has the patience, it is one of the things that has made homesteading for us possible because there's been so many times that I don't know what I'm doing with, with, you know, carpentry or, you know, running electricity or something. And he's been able to answer my questions, walk me through things. So try to find if you got a family member, maybe a friend who could help out or, you know, like I said, you see that guy, one man operation in town who's doing handyman stuff or, you know, building decks and that sort of thing. Maybe you can strike up a rapport with and wind up where you uh, get some good training. The last skill that I wanted to cover tonight, and this one's kind of like a, a, a mix of skills, a bushcraft. This is hunting, fishing, and foraging. Uh, for one, it's just a great way to spend time together as a family, whether it's out getting some meat, hunting, spending an afternoon fishing, getting some meat, you know, some fried fish, fish sticks, or out there picking mushrooms, learning to identify plants. I group these together uh, because if you really like one of them, I don't need to tell you to get into it. If you like hunting, you're into hunting, and that's great. Uh, but they're all kind of like wild skills where you can actually do any of these on public land. So if you don't own any land right now, you can still hunt deer. And the best part of that, if you're planning on having a homestead in the future, you can go and harvest a deer and then take that deer home and butcher that deer. Now you've not only brought meat in, you've learned how to butcher. That's how I learned to butcher. I learned to butcher with a deer hanging from an A-frame ladder under a tarp in the rain with a field and stream magazine in one hand and a sharp knife in the other. And I was just like, okay, that, that looks like that. And you know what? It took me eight hours. <laughs> I taught myself and... Now today, every year, I put two or three or four of our own deer in the freezer. And this year, after 10 years of doing this, I tried new stuff. I watched YouTube videos. I learned about different cuts that I had never known about. Thanks to my interview with Jamie, uh, he talked about a couple different things that he likes to get out of the animal. I decided, you know what, I'm going to try that. And I'm still learning new things. I'm very, uh, when it comes to butchering, I'm at the very beginner end of things. 
I, I love doing it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. I've been doing it a long time. Now I'm trying to get into that next level, learning those better skills. And that's where if you get started, you keep going. If it's hunting, if it's fishing, just going down and pulling some fish out, learning how to gut a fish and fry that fish, then take the rest of that fish, throw it in your raised bed as some fish meal, let that decompose, a lot of nitrogen and fish. Foraging. Foraging is good because you'll actually learn the art of identifying a wild plant, which not only is good if you need to eat something, but that can be used. A lot of homesteaders like to use, make tinctures, you know, for different medical issues with your livestock. There are going to be times where you bring your livestock into a new paddock and you see some plant and you think, I don't know about that plant. I don't know if that's poisonous or not. I don't know if my animal should eat that. You're already going to have an idea how to identify plants if you spend some time getting good at foraging. So foraging, hunting, fishing, all those kind of wild adventures, you can go out and do them on public land. You don't need to own any land to do that. And it can give you a really good kickstart. Learning how to preserve the harvest. You can learn how to can your mushrooms. Uh, learn how to can venison doing this. Learn how to use a vacuum sealer or a dehydrator. Practice butchering. You're going to be saving money and you're going to be eating really, really well. And what is modern homesteading if not saving money, eating really, really well, and learning skills? So get into some bushcraft if you're not there at your homestead yet. Or if you're like me, you're at your homestead, you still spend a ton of time focusing on hunting and fishing me, I'm not a huge forager because I just get a little scared every time and think I'm going to poison myself. But uh, yeah, hunting and fishing, those are, my, those are my thing. The five barriers of entry that we talked about at the beginning. So there's our six skills, right? We just covered six different skills. And like I said, there's a lot more. You could add a whole lot more to the chat box. Those six skills are going to help you overcome these five barriers of entry. Analysis paralysis. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't worry about what animals you should get. Go volunteer at a local farm that has a bunch of animals. By the end of the summer, you're going to have a lot better idea. You could watch a bunch of videos and read a lot of books and go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But you smell pigs every day, and you're going to know whether or not you want that on your homestead or not. Me, I don't mind it one bit. Smell of pigs is a smell of money. But for you, you might say, no, I hate that smell. I don't want them anywhere near me. I'm going to stick to chickens or a cow, or I'm going to get a llama, or an alpaca. Whatever you, if you spend the time with it, you'll know. Money. This is a big one. Money keeps people from starting their homestead in so many different ways. You, every week you're living paycheck to paycheck. But now, let's imagine you started doing three or four or five of these different skills over the next couple of years. You're buying in bulk at the farmer's market and you're preserving it. You're making your own value-added products. You're buying the tomatoes, but you're making the salsa. You're buying, you know, bulk strawberries and you're making the jam and the jelly. You're hunting meat and then you're canning that yourself. Or you're making jerky or dehyd you're dehydrating. You're salting. You're learning how to butcher so you can buy animals in bulk primals, which are way cheaper, and cutting them up and vacuum sealing. You made a few little chicken coops. Every, you know, every couple months you make a brand new chicken coop and you sell it for a couple thousand bucks. You got the automatic solar door. 
you start tracking the money you're saving here and the money you're saving here and the little projects you're selling there and, and, and you're scrimping here. And now you're getting really excited because this is all feeling like you've started, like this is actually going to happen. And so now you're even more determined to pinch your pennies and you're not going out to eat as much because you're foraging wild edibles and you're eating venison with wild mushrooms and you're you know spreading that homemade salsa over top of uh, farm fresh eggs that you buy in bulk from your local farm now. You get more and more excited about this. You're saving more money. Before you know it, you're a lot quicker to where you need to be to have that homestead actually, to buy that homestead, to put the down payment on that homestead. What about health? You know, health is a tough one because some have issues that are never going away. Some have issues that could get better, especially when it's an issue that we've brought on ourselves with maybe bad diet, lack of nutrition. You start buying in bulk at your farmer's market, you get a CSA box, you start eating more wild, lean, wild game. All of a sudden your diet is improved, your body works better, you feel better. Now it's not so hard to think about going out and doing these farm tours every day. Now you can actually get the energy you need. Now this isn't everybody. Not every with the health issues some of you are watching and you're like, you know what, I got this thing and I'm gonna have it my whole life. You know, eating good food won't fix everything. But for a lot of us, eating better, working hard and sleeping good at night will make us feel better. Maybe it feels like now I can actually go out and do a couple farm tours. Maybe now going out and taking care of chickens every day doesn't sound like so much of a physical burden. Your mate, your significant other, they don't want to do it, right? I was that one. My wife, when we were in an apartment, newlyweds in a little apartment we shared a backyard we had a corner to put a garden in she was like babe i want to start a garden and i was like i dig in the dirt all day for work the sun beats down on me i sweat i do not want a garden okay you go ahead you do it you know if you need me to like flip some sod one day for you or whatever i'll do that but i'm not going to get into gardening then we moved to the country Also, I want to get some livestock. I want to get some chickens. I just want to get some chickens, she said. Oh, I don't know. Chickens, I don't know. Then you got to be there for the chickens. I I just wanted to have a few acres to hunt. But all right, if you want to do the chickens, you can go ahead and, you know, I can help out. I can help get the coop set up or whatever. We all see where all this led, right? You get your significant other slowly to go on field trips with you eat that farm fresh food that's just so good makes you feel good it's delicious Uh, see how happy you are in this circumstance see how happy chickens made you see how happy ducks made you it's infectious maybe you won't have a total convert maybe your significant other won't get so into it that they start a podcast and then a youtube channel later (laughs) but it'll wear on them and if you do it the right way you don't force it "Ah, my way or the highway you know, you get them so you get them to see the benefits. You'll get them. You'll get them more excited. Let them listen to a few of them inspiring homesteady podcasts. A few people have told us that helped with the uh, with the significant others. Can't find the right place to start. This is one of those that you know what it's best to take your time. Don't rush it. Don't buy the wrong place. So while you're still looking or getting your life in order so you can move to where you want to go. You're going to be learning skills 
all the skills we just talked about, that when you finally find that perfect house, it's not going to be that perfect house you were looking for at first. Because at first you were like, I don't know how to do anything, so we need a perfect house and a good fence, and uh, it's got to be done. Well, now you spend the last couple of years, you learn how to do some basic carpentry, you learn how to work with animals, you know what kind of fencing they actually need, you know, well, I can put some electric fencing up real quick, and that'll take care of a lot of the holes in the, the perimeter fence that then I can get to later. Now you're not looking for the perfect house, you're looking for a fixer-upper. There's a lot more fixer-uppers out in the country and now you know what a good homestead looks like because you've been on them. You've gone on field trips. You've, you know, volunteered at places. You've gone and seen things. And you said, all right, I got a good idea what I actually want now. I don't want 100 acres of flat land that used to have corn and soy grown on it. I want that little cabin up on the ridge, 10 acres, eight of it is woods. I can go do a little hunting and foraging. Two of it is where I can set up my little barn. And a couple goats, because I really like those goats. I spend time with them. They're loud. They're annoying, but I just like them. A couple chickens, you know, scratching up the ground and laying those farm fresh eggs every day. You're going to be in such a better place. There's hundreds of people watching this live stream. Thank you for watching with us. Thank you for watching this lesson. Out there, let's imagine two of them are watching. We got Joe and we got Aust here, and they're both watching the same live stream. Uh, one of them ends tonight, ends the show and keeps watching more YouTube vids. The other one ends tonight and goes, all right, I got to find a local farm. And he gets on, he's Googling local farms that sell pork near me. And he gets a, phone, a few emails fired off. Hey, uh, wondering if you sell out of a store this time of year. And then I'd love to check in tomorrow. I got to buy some bacon. And then tomorrow he's chatting with a farmer, buying bacon, asking about pigs. And then in the springtime, he's there on the farm helping separate all the pigs being born, getting hands-on training. The other guy's still watching YouTube videos. Keep watching YouTube videos. I love it. That's how we have a business here. But if all you're doing is just watching YouTube videos and just looking at Instagram, while the other guy goes and learns these skills over the next couple years, these two guys just happen to buy a homestead right next to each other in five years. The one of them went and watched YouTube videos the whole time. The other one watched YouTube videos, but then also went and learned these skills and did things and started today, started tonight, getting that traction. Guaranteed, that other guy who starts today learning these skills, gaining that experience, is going to do way better. He's going to be like that old-timey homesteader. He could have burned his house because he's all in now. He knows what it takes, and he's going in with all the knowledge he needs. The other guy, he might survive because here I am. I got into this with very little skills, very little experience, bumbled our way through, found a couple good mentors, people who are willing to take some time and teach us some things. You can do it this way too, but this guy's going to get further faster. And they are out there. There's people who've done it this way who have gotten a lot further and a lot faster. And it's not a race, uh, but if you want to get that homestead life quicker, go in. Not like the surgeon who shows up with a scalpel and it's his first day. So start acquiring these skills today if you haven't. And in the next lesson of this course, we're going to talk about actually acquiring the homestead. So if you haven't bought your homestead or maybe you're looking for a new one, we're going to talk about what to look for, how to find it, how to buy it, and how to start planning what you're going to do on that next homestead. So that will be the next lesson. We are not going to be live streaming that next lesson. It will be only on our website. This is homesteady.com. 
with the pioneers but again you can take the whole course right now if you click the link below you get a free month after that you can go ahead and cancel you can take this whole course totally free if you don't like being a pioneer cancel that's how business works i'm okay with that if you do like being a pioneer there's a whole lot more classes like this you can watch them all right now they're on demand podcasts videos we have right now two folders four years worth of podcasts you can download instantly and uh, get all that so for those of you who are pioneers your homework uh intro to food preservation you'll find that in the pioneer library it's taught by a culinary instructor my friend trish watch that master class it's over an hour she goes in depth into a lot of different kinds of food preservation it'll get you off and running really good until next monday when we go into our next lesson and anybody watching i suggest for homework you read homesteading in the 21st century there's a link below to that book i'll take you over to amazon it's our affiliate link it helps support the show uh, that book was a great resource for us when we got started really enjoyed that book uh, I still go back to that book at times and read excerpts from it. You get a lot of different knowledge uh, from a couple who's been doing this their whole lives. Really fantastic read, and it gets you fired up and excited to lead this life. So for those of you uh, who've been watching, thank you so much for being a part of this. Fire off your questions in the chat box below in the website there in about five minutes. For those of you watching on YouTube, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you got a lot from it. And I uh, hope you're excited to get started today, acquiring the skills and the experience you need to make this homesteading life go from a dream to something that you're actually living farm fresh eggs on your plate every morning. So once again, podcast listeners, your link to get your free trial is in the description below. That's the only way you can get the one month free trial for our Homesteady Pioneer membership. You can take this entire course for free. If you like being a pioneer, there are now four years worth of Pioneers Only podcasts that you can download with just one click. They're in a zipped folder. You click on Pioneer Library, Podcasts, and then go to the top. There's an option to download them all with one click. Put those on your phone. Enjoy listening to 40 members only podcasts as you drive. And there's also a lot more classes and videos that you can enjoy in addition to the members only podcasts. Uh, there's a whole lot there. This is homesteady.com. Thank you for your support, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast episode. Until then, remember the road is rocky. Make home steady.